0: Log Talk Radio Log Talk Radio
1: Hello, everybody.
2: This is Ravinda, your host at MVN Indie Radio. And uh, I want to welcome you here for our tribute to Tupac, one of our lost soldiers. And uh, we're going to have a great evening talking about memories about Tupac regarding the man, his music, his talent, his his views on life, you know, some personal experiences from his friends, family, and fans. And, of course, from our special co-host, um, Mr. Troy Mann, who's going to be here um, also to talk about his inspiration of Tupac, as well as uh, Donald Tavier from the Dan Lakeside, who's also worked with Tupac. Um, some other folks are going to be calling, so I want you all to sit back and enjoy. We're not going to mourn. We're going to celebrate, and we're going to remember Tupac. So let me just go start off with talking about his background. You know, for those of you who are living under a rock that doesn't know anything about Tupac, Tupac was, Shakur was born on June 16, 1971 in Brooklyn, New York. Um, unfortunately he died on September 13th of 1996, um, shot to death. Tupac was a member of the hip hop group Digital Underground whose 1990 album featured the hit Humpty Dance, we all remember that, and uh, Do What You Like. In 92, he began his solo career and his debut album, uh, Tupacalypse now propel him to um, stardom and made him one of the more prominent practitioners of Gangsta Rap. And um, a lot of people know that. A lot of people are big fans. If you're not, you don't know much about Tupac. His other album and his appearances in movies such as Juice and Poetic Justice, that was with... uh, Janet Jackson, helped him to become a mainstream pop artist. He also made headlines over a string of run-ins with the law, and there's a lot of people that go through that. And in 94, he was robbed and he was shot five times. He recovered, and in the next year, he released some more successful albums, Me Against the World and All Eyes on Me. Uh, However, he was embroiled in a complicated feud with some fellow gangster rappers and unfortunately was murdered in Vegas in 96. Now, if you all know about Miss Nikki Giovanni, the poet, she wrote All Eyes on Me, which is basically about Tupac. So, of course, fans still think Tupac still walks among us, and he doesn't. He is with God. So, you know, we want to just celebrate the fact that he did live his life here, however short it was, but we appreciate the time we did have with him. So... Today we're gonna to play some of his music and we're gonna to talk to some um, you know, fans and family. But first I also want to introduce my special co host, Troy Man. Troy man, you there?
3: Yeah, I'm here. How you doing?
2: Hey, how are you?
3: I'm good, I'm good. You know, surviving. Wow. which to the uh, the main mission of every person that lives on this earth. I'm good.
2: <laughs> well, I wanna thank you for agreeing to be a special guest co host. You're one of Tupac's biggest fans. And um, before I, I ask you some more questions about Tupac, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Well, um, I've recently known that I'm, I've stepped out of just uh, the section of just a music artist. I am known as an entertainer now, seeing as if I have done movies. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I entertain. I entertain people that love to be entertained. I'm not... I'm a music artist, I'm a producer, I'm a writer, um, I, I'm an actor, so basically you can see where, you know, I kind of fall in the line of following uh, my idol, which is Tupac Shakur. Um, that's, what I, that's what I do, I, I do music, um, I act, so, and I've, I've been doing it for a while and I've been doing music since I was four and I've been, you know, I'm goofy, so I've been acting since I came out, so <laughs> it's kind of second, second nature with me, but... That's what I do. Um, I just recently turned eighteen on uh, April seventeenth. Um, I'm the oldest of four. So, you know, I got a lot to I got a lot to live for. And uh, I just thank God well, that he's keeping you. me here this whole
1: time.
2: Well, I'll, congratulations, happy birthday, and solo Aries. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And, um, you are very talented. I've been checking out everything that's been going on with you, and congratulations on a lot of that um activity. I can see you propelling into you know a great career. So tell me how did um Tupac inspire you
3: um a lot of people when they when they hear the word inspire, they think that once they're the person that is doing the inspiring once they do something that's so remarkable that they automatically adapt to it or they take from it and they use it in their own lifestyle. That's usually what people take as the word influence. Tupac, just everything, of course his music, it helped a lot, an awful lot, but really Tupac in general as a person, just how he was, I, I saw it in interviews and, you know, in videos, how fun he could be and Things like that, and it inspired me because you know everybody loved him. Everyone loved him. There's a little bit of Tupac in everyone. You know, there's, you can't go anywhere without asking a person, "Have they heard of Tupac?" and not get a solid answer back. And it was just like Tupac. He wasn't selfish. He wanted to. He he wanted to help the people that needed to be helped. And like I see that within me. I think that's why I relate to him so well. So Tupac has been my influence just because of who he is, not. Also of what he does, but who he is is what sold me.
2: Wow, that's tremendous. So what was it that you liked the most about him? You know, like name some characteristics about him um, that, you know, were pretty common for everybody that, that really knew about him that you liked.
3: Tupac is is ambitious, I must say. Tupac is very ambitious. He, he has a drive unlike no other. When he says that he's gonna do something, he gets up and he does it. And it's like, you know, it's like, instead of him sitting here talking about it, he actually takes action. He doesn't, he doesn't wait. Or, you know, he doesn't think it over. Once he thinks of something brilliant, it's like, bam, it's time to go. You know, all of a sudden. So, really his ambition to, you know, not to just make money, or not just to make music for people to listen to, but to try to change, try to change the world. He saw the world for what it really was, or, you know, it, the world's not perfect. People in the world aren't perfect. And he saw that how it really was and he took messages that he saw such things as Brenda's got a baby and such things as keep your head up and, you know, things about death, these are things that he saw. He doesn't cover it up and make it seem like his life is perfect because everybody knows that it wasn't. You saw it in the mainstream, you know, so it's like Tupac, he, he took what he saw and he figured. If I show the people that don't see it, then maybe it can help and he was he was absolutely right, and the people that did see it every day they related to it, and they grew from it. they knew that was their time to mature wow well
1: i I know a lot.
2: So how did his music style
1: encourage you to actually begin your music career?
3: Really, it's like with music, a lot of people look at music as like music is your canvas, you know, just the way an artist has his paintbrush and his different colors of paint, you know, music is the same thing Once that track is played, that is that's your canvas. It's, we have to see how creative you can be on a song. Usually before Tupac you can't lie, a lot of music, it was, you know, strictly dance or stuff that you hear in the club or, you know, basically Tupac took it and he and he reflected it, you know, of course, upon himself. He he it was like a music for him was like a giant mirror. And, you know, my life's not perfect either. So I figured, hey, you know, listening to Tupac my whole life, you know, taking you know, being able to, you know, adapt and copy his flows, I'm like, okay, well this this isn't that hard. So At a young age, at like, you know, nine, I started writing my own lyrics, you know. I knew they weren't the best, but I started. And, you know, with that, it was like, okay, I learned about different, I went through and learned about different things, so it was like, okay, say for instance, I might not have seen somebody get shot, like Tupac said he has. Or I might not, I might not have seen, uh, you know, a Brenda. You know, I might not have seen these things, but I learned about the things I saw, you know. I saw the little kid still, uh, some shit out of the corner store. You know, it's, it's just simple things that I saw. And with that, the more you write about the things that you see, the more you begin to grow. And it was like, wow, you know, Tupac has inspired me so much to do this. And people have seen my growth. It's like, I think, at really, at the end of the day, I thank him because of, I think out of everyone that, you know, influenced me and pushed me and, you know, man, do, your, do music, man. You're really, really good at it. I think out of everybody. Without him knowing, I think he pushed me the most to express how I felt. And, you know, at the end of the day, it worked out for the better,
2: I must admit. That's true. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, actually have a a great career using those same things that inspired you and the same things that you think about when it comes to, you know, um, what are the best elements from your favorite person and your favorite artist to put in your own career? And a lot of people are doing that, but then some people want to just kind of overshadow that person and and try to be better than that. Uh, I don't believe that there's anyone that can kind of overrank Tupac at this time. But, you know, people are always trying. Now, if Tupac was still here with us, what is it that you'd like to see him doing?
3: Um, If Tupac was still here with us, I would like to see him still do Tupac, you know, which is perfect. Tupac, before he left, before he, you know, he he had to leave his earth, um, he had a plan. This whole, he had this plan that if if he had to do it by himself or with the people that were in his corner, that he was going to help the people that needed to be helped. And it's amazing how one person can just go from doing music and dropping albums to, to you know, going to your your hood and, you know, helping the people that needed the most. And it was like, I could see Tupac basically right now. If he was here, I could see him. You know, I could see him changing what a lot of people' music sound like now. Like all these people that are out now, they got this, they got this music, these music out, and it's so simple and stuff like that. I think it would have changed if Pac was here. You know, I think that a lot of artists that are out now that are shining. You know, that, you know, maybe go in the opposite direction of Tupac, the, the unpositive way, you know, wouldn't be here. I think that if they were here, they what they would rap about would be different. You know, I think that since he's passed, it just basically opened up a whole bunch of doors for these rappers to talk about any and everything. So I think that if he was here, it would definitely be a difference within the music industry. Definitely. It wouldn't be the same as we hear it now or this negativity that we hear now, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be here if Tupac was.
2: Well, I can agree with you on that. Now, it was very untimely and very unfortunate that, you know, the situations that led up to his death took place. And um, in the past, we've lost a lot of artists, mostly from, you know, tragic accidents, things like that, or self, self-influence, self uh, destruction, you know, when it came to the violence that ensued before he died, you know, a lot of, it brought a lot of attention to people about bringing violence in the music industry, you know, and I'm not sure if it's completely stopped because I know a lot of people are still beefing about this, that, and the other, and they still bring up, you know, trying to kill somebody or threatening to kill somebody. So, you know, hopefully we can get past that, and we're going to talk about that a little later. But, um a lot of people were very, Sadly stricken when he passed. How did it affect you when he died?
3: Well, when, uh, Pop, when I found out that Pac passed, I was four years old. And uh, I remember like it was yesterday actually. My mom, she, she sat me down because she knew how much I listened to Tupac at such a young age. She was like, alright, Sam, I gotta tell you something. So I'm like, what's up mom? She says, Troy, Tupac died, um, earlier today. And I was like, is Tupac not dead? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, man, Tupac, last time I heard that Tupac was anywhere, I heard that he was in jail. So I just kept well, going, man, Tupac's not dead, Tupac's in jail. So everybody, every time somebody told me that, man, I can't believe that Tupac is gone, man, or, man, I can't believe that Tupac is dead, I'm like, man, Tupac's not dead, he's, he's in jail, what are y'all talking about? there was a sense of in denial. It was like, and then I think at a young age, I eventually accepted the fact that he was gone. I was like, man, he's really gone, but, I didn't want, I didn't want people to to know that I accepted it. So I still, at the end of the day, I'm like, man, Tupac's still here. You tripping. (laughs) You know, Tupac is alive. I don't care what you say. And it was like, after a while, when I finally realized it, I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, this, this is crazy. And then right after, it seems like right after that, right after he passed, that's when this negativity in the music just starts sinking in. That was their cue, basically. That was their cue for these artists nowadays to just come in and do as you please. Wet house. Do, do, whatever you, do whatever you need to do to make your money, basically. They didn't care about, you know, who was going to hear it. They didn't care about if it was going to be played in the room for the eight-year-olds and the eight-year-olds basically took that, what you sang in the song, and ran with that lifetime. They didn't care about that. So at this time, this is like, okay, well, Tupac definitely would have cared. And since everybody else does and I guess I have to step up and I have to start. So at like 9, 10, 11 years old, I started writing. It was horrible at first, but I started. You've got to, you to start somewhere. So when I started, I grew, and now we're here now. You know what I'm saying? I, I, have, I have a little bit of buzz right now. A lot of people think that I'm spreading positive things, and I love that they think that. I love the opinions, but Tupac's death, when... When it happened, it was like, it was kind of like he was telling me, this is where you start. I need you to pick up where I left off. So I was like, you know what, let's do it.
2: Now, we know that, you know, he was about a lot of positive things, and, and he was still surrounded by a lot of negative things. Now, out of the things that he did believe in, uh, was it something in particular that, you also shared a belief in.
3: I think me and Tupac have the same belief of, of having faith. Just knowing that living under God, anything is possible. You know, there's no, there's no boundaries on how much you can't succeed. There's no, you know, there's no turning point. There's no, well, we've reached the end, that's it. There's, there's none of that. that if, with faith and with faith in God, you can go anywhere. And I always feel that some artists nowadays, they, they think that, that, you know, they'll only go so far. You don't know that. You don't know what God has in store for you. So it's like exceeding over your expectations. That's what, that's what pops about all the time. You like, okay, it might be good to, you know, that I, that I went to this little community center and talked to these kids and now they know what to do and what not to do. But I think I should do better. I, I think instead of the community center. I could do this whole arena. After he does the arena, he's like, you know what? The arena was amazing. but I don't think I could do just the arena. I think I could do the whole world, and sure enough, he did in his music. Eventually, you, you got to look at it. When he died, when Tupac died, the faith of his music lived on. It was like, it, it, it exceeded outside of the U.S. It went to... Afghanistan, Africa, London. You gotta understand these people that are speaking different dialects every day are listening to Tupac like, you know, he was from there. You know what I'm saying? It's like Tupac, Tupac had faith. I have faith. A lot of other artists have faith in their self. We'd have a better place to live in this, this spot that we call the world. I promise you, we would.
2: Wow, that's amazing and I, I liked a lot of the things that he talked about. I just wish it was a better forum for him um because it's it's one thing if you're talking to kids that love your music, it's another thing you get that message to their parents and to the adult peers you know that are all only looking at you in a negative eye. That's the part that really, you know, keeps your message from getting out there. If you only, if you're raised up in a certain atmosphere, you, you're not going to know the best ways to communicate what you're trying to say to people, uh people who didn't grow up where you grew up, you know, things like that. So I think that that was the biggest challenge that he had in getting his message to the people above the children, you know, trying to help them to explain what he's trying to say in his music. Because people had this preconception about gangster Rats and just assume we just, Always rapping about killing people, you know, is is a, more to it than that, you know. So, uh, I hope that other people will be able to actually listen to the music and then try to like read between the lines and, and try to get a better understanding. Now, out of the things that Tupac's done in his life, and of, of all the positive things, what would you like to do as an artist, an up and coming artist? and someone who was being very successful, almost sharing in some of the similar, same direction as him, what would you like to do in his honor to carry out what he started and never got to finish?
3: I would like to basically refuel the human mind. That's basically, that's basically what happened. I mean, like, if we really look at it, that's what happened. Hawk, when he was here, he, he woke people up. People, the people that, that never saw, saw these things, that was under their nose the whole time, he woke them up. He, he enlightened these people that never saw these kind of things. And it was like, as soon as he died, they went right back to sleep. And it's like, you know, with that, it's like, that's why pop music is still so relevant today. Like, it's still struggles that happen to this very day. But most people figure since he died, so did the word. No, <laughs> no it doesn't work that way. So with that, I think that's where it's my obligation or my responsibility or my job to step up and refill that word in again. No you, don't, no, you don't have to go over here grab this gun and shoot this guy. You don't have to do that. What are you doing? You're not alone. You, you, you got people here that love you for a, for a strong human being, for a strong woman. You know, not calling people out of their name, simple stuff like that. People just forgot all about it soon as he died, it was like it vanished in thin air. It's like, we'll make you think that it should leave just because pop left. If anything, it should grow stronger. So I think that since it's gone now, the artist, there's some artists out now that that try to do it, but end up getting caught in the hype, you know, in the fame and the money and stuff like that. But there needs to be somebody there that's constantly doing it. And just given the word, uh, the, the real word that pop did, I think that's my responsibility. That's what I would want to do to carry on in his honor, you know, for him.
2: And I'm so proud of that statement. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. A young man at your age thinking that positively, and you're going to be a role model yourself for all these other little children out here that are just not getting it. There's a lot of kids not getting it because their parents didn't get it. So you keep doing what you're doing, and maybe we'll get somewhere with this. It looks like you have a caller. You're welcome, honey. Um, We have a caller from the area code of, uh, what is that? Caller from area code 818. Could you uh, state your name?
4: Hey, how you doing? This is Candyman. Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Okay,
2: I can hear you better. Could you tell me your name again?
4: This is Candyman.
2: Hi, how are you doing, Candyman?
4: I'm um, good, how you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good, thank you for calling and we're talking about Tupac and sharing some memories. Can you tell us, um, about your if you have a relationship with Tupac or you had an admiration for him? How did you feel about um, him?
4: Well Pac basically raised me since I was a kid, so you know, um got to spend from the time I was about ten, ten and a half, I so was about thirteen and a half when he passed with him took me in when I was a kid, and basically uh, taught me everything I knew.
2: Wow. So uh, you're you're an artist. You're an yes, artist, ma'am. right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So now, what what did you learn from him as far as music?
4: Um, phew, What did that? <laughs> um Everything, honestly, <laughs> just in the end, just being true to yourself and being true to how you feel and, you know, what was going through you at that moment, whether it be positive or negative, it was like, don't sugarcoat it, just share. You know, let people feel you for you. Nobody's perfect, you know. We used to always say that uh, perfection is inherited, therefore it's a sin, because, you know, they say God, you know, if you believe in God, everybody says God is perfect. Well, if God is perfect and we're created in his image, then why don't all of us look the same? Because that's the perfection in life, is a little what we as humanity consider imperfections, you know. It's like a hand a handmade quilt what makes it so beautiful and so perfect is the little differences while they're stitching at The a few places where they messed up. Wow.
2: So,
4: so now, yeah,
2: that was, what, how did um, his death affect you?
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you got to understand, that was like my father figure, like literally, you know, from learning how to rap to just life in general, you know, pop was the one, you know, I never really was around my own pops that much, so pop was the one that... Taught me everything from playing ball to writing to, you know, everything. So for me, it was like my whole world came crashing. You know, you never expect the one person who's untouchable to pass away. You know, so when it happened, it was like, wow. You know, it just kind of literally brought a whole new level of reality to life, I guess. You kind of realize, like, wow, this man that I thought was untouchable is not untouchable. He's no longer here. You know, this man who taught me what I know is no longer around
2: now, did his did his death affect your music? I mean, did you did you um, feel the need to put any more profound work out, just just expressing your feelings about his, him being gone? Um,
4: you know, uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, I've, it's been what 14 years almost now. So I grew up a lot as an artist in general. You know, you gotta understand. I started with him when I was like 10 and a half, going on 11. You know, he passed away when I was like 13 and a half. So for a while, it was just a lot of getting my head together and getting myself together and coming to grips not only with his death, but Yaki Gaddafi from the Outlaws, which was basically like another brother to me. Um, you know, just coming to grips with their death and everything. And uh, you know, obviously, you go through your phases. You give it up for him, but for me, you know, one of the biggest things I learned from him was not to ride his coattail, but to make him proud. And by making to make him proud, you don't necessarily have to run around and scream his name in every track or tell everybody how much you miss him. That's evident. You can't be a human being and not miss somebody and love somebody, especially when they were that close to you in your lifetime. But it was more like, you know, we can all sit here and say, rest in peace, Pac, rest in peace, Yacht, we love you and this and this. But it's like, you know, what are we really doing about it? And that's kind of the reality I had to come to was like, you know, let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's do it.
2: Wow. Now, out of the various artists that you've worked with, would you say that, you know, um any of them could compare to, you know, the work you did with Tupac and how he was in the, as an artist?
4: You know, to be an artist is special within its own. Like, to be an artist is something special. I don't think no two artists are alike. I don't think there'll ever be another Tupac. Just like I don't think there'll ever be another Storm or another Candyman or another Jimi Hendrix, you know. It's like we're all artists in our own right. Um, as far as Pac's work work ethic, no. I've never seen anybody able to be you know, do as much as he did in such a small amount of time, you know. People forget a lot of those albums that were recorded near the end, that was like a nine month process. You know, a fool came out of jail and like nine months where he did, you know, a hundred songs. So, you know, as an artist, like, you know, I respect artists and musicians in general and I think you get a cool vibe and a different experience, you know. Whether it's working with the younger cats, I mean, I'll work with some of these cats from the hood that are, you know, 17, 18, 16, and you still learn, like, you know, being an artist, that's what it's about, it's a learning experience, you learn a little bit from everybody. Um, have I seen anybody that could do what Pac did? No. But then again, have I seen anybody that could do what Jimmy did? No. You know, have I seen some okay. very great artists and worked with some very great artists? Yes. You know, as um, so it's kind of a hard thing to really generalize that, like, you know, no, well, there, you know, if they what you're getting at as, will there ever be another Tupac, you know, as an artist or as a person? No, it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to be able to do that. You know, but there will be another, you know, there's somebody out there listening to this right now that's like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. And that person will do it if they really give it their all. Wow. Troy,
2: did you have a question for Candyman? Mann?
3: Man, what what was it like being around the greatest of all time, man? Just you know, just being in his presence. I just wish I I could have been able to do it. You know, you looked at him as a as a father figure, and you know, I'm sorry for your loss. You you know, you two must have been like really really close. But you know, what was it like? Like towards experiences, towards laughs, towards cries, man? Any any special experience that you two shared together?
4: Um, man, every minute was special. You know, like every little thing was special. See, the thing with me is more than a lot of the other guys in the sense of, you know, because I was so young, I experienced a lot more of Tupac the person versus Tupac the celebrity or Tupac the artist. Like, you know, I always, like, we were joking about it. I was talking one of my homies the other day. Uh, and, uh you know, he was somebody that was around Pac, too, and we were joking about it where I was like, man, I remember, you know, getting into this thing in the car and, like, socking him, <laughs> you know, and running out, and he's, like, chasing me or just, you know, that type of stuff. Like, it was like, you know, it was just more like, Brotherly camaraderie there more than even the rat thing. The rat thing was like the cherry on top. Um, you know, experiences wise, I mean, dude, we shared it all—from the last to the cries to just the real moments of sitting there and being like, "Wow!" Like, do you realize what you just did? Like, do you really see what's going on here? Do you see how many people are in love with you? You know, not and you know. And then there was a downside to that, like not being able to really go out and do what you wanted at times, just because. It would be 80 million people swarming them. There was no break. There was no like, hey, can I just be myself for two seconds? You have to constantly be working, 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 working. You know. Um, but dude, I mean, as far as experiences, you know, it was so many I couldn't even narrow it down to one. I mean, like I was telling somebody the other day, more of a something that kind of brings a smile to my face for the day. I remember, um, I can't remember what movie came out, but we were in L.A. and uh, we went to Universal Studios. And uh out of here, you know, we go there, we're in line to uh, go watch this movie. I remember there's some uh, females, like, standing about 20 feet from us. And, you know, there was a group of guys and a couple of females. And one of the girls was like, oh, my God, girl, I think that's Tupac. And uh he, he used to hate wearing hats, but he hasn't had a hat on this time. And uh, her girl was like, nah, girl, that nigga ain't Tupac. He's too ugly. Tupac cute as hell. And, you know, I'm immediately about to open my mouth up, and he kind of grabs me, and it's like, shh, and we kind of go inside, and we watch the movie. But, you know, Pac had, like, this good pride, not a bad pride, but he had this thing of, like, you know, he wasn't going to get punked out by nobody. And I remember when we walk out, he kind of bends down next to me. He's like, hey, big, you ready to run? And I'm like, what? He's like, you ready to start sprinting? I was like, yeah, okay. And he walks by these chicks, and, uh, you know, he has a dog life on his belly, so when he walks by him, he lifts up his shirt like he's wiping a face but they see the life, and I remember this six is like, I told you that was Tupac. I told you. And pandemonium bracelets. I mean, Universal Studios is a pretty big place. And right. the car, I remember, was like, you know, it was out by Valet LA, and we just had to, like, start sprinting. And I, there was this movie came out. I always use it as an example. It was a movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio where he's, like, a single dude, but he's, like, worth a lot of millions, and all these females are trying to marry him. And in the trailer, you see, like, you know, 500 people chasing him, and that's literally what it was. I remember ducking and diving, and, you know, halfway through it, he lifts me up like a football player, and he's just sprinting through the crowd, and we run and jump into the car, you know, speed off. He pulls out a $100 bill and just tosses it to the ballet, like, here, hold that, and starts driving, and I remember it was so bad, man. We had people coming down the 101, just like literally almost falling out their cars just to touch the car, and, you know, for us, we do all that. Only to end up at the Beverly Center sitting on the rooftop laughing about it. Like, he's just like, he's like, yo, and I remember he looked at me he was like, man, could nobody have told me 10 years ago that this would be me. And he, and he kind of laughed and he was like, you know, I think when I used to tell people that I was going to be the biggest thing in the world, they didn't believe me. But see, I always you knew I could do it. And he kind of, you know, we had one of them hard to moments where he looked at me and he was like, you know, that's what you can never forget is you're only going to go as far as you believe. Who gives a shit what anybody else believes? You know, he was like, that's them. You only got to go as far as you believe. And if you think you can hold this world in your hands, then by how do you hold this world in your hands? So, you know, that was like one of them comedic, like kind of fun times we had. You know, but we had a bunch of other times, like full throwing water on me, or I remember I threw a Snapple bottle at the uncle one time because he said something, and the bottle breaks. And he's like, you going to clean this shit up? <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass if you do going to clean this up. And I was just like, you know, there was a lot of that. So I got to experience a lot of the person, even more the artist. And don't get me wrong, I experienced a lot of the artists, but by no means did I experience the artists to the level of, say, like, you know, the cast from Thug Life Without Love and them did, because I was just younger. So for me, I was the little homie. you know, I was like the little brother that was around all the time.
2: Wow. You wow. had some incredible experiences with him. That's great. Did you have any more questions, Troy? Um,
3: uh-huh. not, not, not any more questions. I was just saying, man, it's, it's a blessing to talk to
4: you, man. Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate
2: it. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for calling in and sharing that information and that experience with Tupac. And um, if you wanted to, you know, give a shout-out about anything right now, you can go ahead and do that, and then we're going to move on to playing some more music by Tupac.
4: Oh, uh, man, I just, I'm just i glad y'all gave me a chance to come on. I appreciate it. You know, I don't do a whole lot of interviews normally because it's just everybody's on the same pot this, pot that, but it's good to see somebody doing something different, a little more original. So, you know, shout-out to you guys, shout-out to Outlaws. shout-out to Thug Life, uh, Candyman27.5, check us out, and hopefully we'll be talking to you guys more in the future. Indeed. Well, thank
2: you, and please please enjoy the rest of the evening. And if you like, you can um, go into our chat room where you can just continue listening to our show. Um, we're going to go ahead and play uh, another song by Tupac. Um, actually, we're going to start off with the one that Troy did in, in memory of Tupac. So um, I'm going to put that on now. It's called "A Letter to Tupac. And thank you again, Candyman. All right.
4: Thank you. Bye-bye.
5: with
1: a of hate.
5: What up, Pac? It's been a minute since we last spoke. December 13th is when I last broke out into tears. No one sees, no one hears, no one notices. You've been gone for 14 years. You died when I was four, couldn't believe it. Rapping your songs and I could barely speak English. Mom, since you passed, I was intervening. That's a trick, you just treating, me to a kid. You say the greatest died on March 9th. I said they on the wrong calendar. No matter how big he was, he wasn't on your caliber. Everyone else would say to Apollo, amateur. And if you lived, the Dodge would have been your only challenger. A lot of speculations on that whole night. Some say you faked it. Some scream it should night. But everybody knew that your future was so bright. Aside, we still feel you through them sound bites. Thanks to you, I keep my head up. And never look down. You motivate my career. Yeah, I get around All eyes on me When I step in different towns But still only one real rapper Has the crown That's you, my idol All truth, no lies So with that I listen to your ambitions as I rise I don't even think you dead I think you alive Cause I see you when I look in your people's eyes But you ain't missing nothing special All the C-Days are flaky in the stereo Diddy still dancing in everybody's video Garbage still coming through the stereo Can't learn from Brendan Now the world's Got more holes than Cheerios, damn shame. When were we all awake? And it's amazing the difference that one man can make. Some of us listen to you, knowledge they can't break. Do it for yourself, for Christ's sake. So in case you aren't reassured, I'm an outlaw for life. To so say the really yours. Your little brother, thanks for opening the doors. I'm going through for you, homie. No detours. PS, we ain't dead, but the real have been outweighed. we got the truth on our side. It's time to invade. I'm here to follow you. I'm no longer afraid. They can bury with me a G2. No data raid. Yes. Yeah. For the greatest of all time. To you block the core. We love
6: you and we miss you, man. I promise. Real talk. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job. It's to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the one, but let's not be selfish. And because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change. It. Change. Shit. I guess change is good for any of us. Whatever it takes for any of y'all niggas to get up out the hood. Shit, I'm with you. I ain't mad at you. Not I but love for you. Do you think, boy? Yeah. All the homies that I ain't talking about. Wow. I'ma send this one out for y'all. Know what I mean? Cause I ain't mad at you. Ya. Heard y'all tearing up shit out there. Kicking up guts, Giving a motherfuck. Yeah nigga Cause I ain't bad at you Now we was once two niggas of the same kind Quick to holler at a hoochie with the same line You was just a little smaller but you still roll Got stressed the while A hit the hood swole Remember when you had a Jerry curved didn't quite learn On the block with the Glock tripping on churn Collect balls to the tilt singing how you change
2: On YouTube now, is that true? Hello. Yeah. Sorry. Sure. Is it true that the song that you that you wrote in Memoriam of Tupac is available for us to, to listen to on YouTube?
6: Yes, and uh, it, you can see a
3: little picture video that I made on uh, on YouTube. Um. And you can actually go, there's a link on line links that I will post in the chat um, so you guys can download.
2: Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I don't know what happened. It's like it just kicked me out of the room. (laughs) I'm like, I'm steady talking, and it just kicked me out. Oh, well. Well, let me bring in this uh, caller. And um, we have another caller that's been patiently waiting on area code 818. Let me bring him in so that they can um, have their say about Tupac. All right. Hello, caller at area code 818. Can you please tell us your name? This is Money B from Digital Underground. Hey, wow. Money Bean, what's up? What's <laughs> How you doing? Thank you so much for patiently waiting. We just actually um, had a little technical issue. Just kicked me off the channel right quick, so I'm, I'm back. But thank you so yeah, much for coming in. Yeah, I was wondering what
0: happened. Yeah, no problem. So oh, good. Wow. I heard
2: Candy fan talking. I wanted to say what's up to him. Oh, man. Wow. I was trying to click you in while he was going but I couldn't get it to work. So, you know, sometimes they have to catch up with technology. They're not there yet. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, uh what would you what would you like to share with us about your experience with Tupac? You had a lot. Yeah, I had a
0: lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, that was, you know,
0: probably basically family. I guess you say like a little brother or whatnot. You know, I watched them grow cool. you know, from somebody who really wanted to be in the industry and who really wanted to get their music and their vision out and to somebody who actually made it happen. You know, I always tell the story. It was, was, um, I remember when, you know, when Digital Underground first came out, Pop was still around us. He was um, signed to, uh, he had the same manager when he was still in Strictly Dope and before he came up. but I used to take him around with me and stuff like that. And when we would go to the radio station, came hell, you know, and this was, I think this was right after we came off the first tour, so it was, filling himself. and I took him to the radio station to the, to the wake-up show with Sway and Tech, and basically all the questions they were asking me, you know, because it was about Digital Underground, and he was just so upset that they didn't want to talk to him about too much or whatever, so I just remember him you know, leaving, he was just like, man, one of these days, I'm going to have my own record, I'm going to have Pete out with me, and I'm going to be doing what I want to do, and everybody gonna be listening to me, and I was like, whatever, <laughs> and he, he made it happen, and I just always remember that day, he just was just like, man, I'm about to, I'm doing this, and he did it, you know.
2: Wow, that is amazing. Well, can, what can I, about I you share something?
0: Of- sure, sure. Ahead,
3: sure. Uh, I remember, uh, I'm. I'm really surprised that my memory goes back this far, but um, I remember when I was in Oakland, I used to stay mm-hmm. off of foothill and um, uh, over there on in East Oakland, I used to stay off foothill, and there was like this giant barbecue in the park, and I knew who you were. I knew who you were, but I knew I was like, okay, he's not gonna know me. I'm. Like, I'm a little guy, but you knew my mom. My mom's name was Nikki Burke. And I was like, Mom, this is the guy that was in Tupac's radio. She was like, yeah, hey, that's right. you two, you know, stay in the conversation. I was like, my mom is really sitting here talking to a celebrity, that new Tupac. I, I can't believe it. I was shocked. So it was like, as soon as you came on the radio, on, on blog talk, I was like, are you serious? Is he really on the radio? Like, I'm really conversating <laughs> with him? This is crazy. So I just want to say that's a blessing, man. I love your music. I love everything that you do. Um, and I just want to say thank you for being here, man.
0: I appreciate it. Appreciate
2: everything. Tell your mama say. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> now money B, um what was yeah. it that that stood out the most about Tupac that kinda gave you the idea that he was gonna be like really, really really good at what he does.
0: <clears throat> you know, this is what I tell everybody. Tupac is probably the most passionate people that I passionate that I've ever met. And when I say that I mean that if he if he likes you, you know, he loves you with a passion. If he didn't like you or didn't like something, he opposed it or hated it with a passion. And that's the same way he approached um, you know, his music. It's like I've never seen anybody with with a work ethic like he had at such a young age. And so, you know, I just remember, you know, back then he was he was really willing to risk anything and everything to to do what he wanted to get done. And I mean it, it sounds like it sounds easy but I'm just saying like, you know, I've been in instances where, you know, him just coming around and because he so wanted to get on with us, you know, our little brother, he barely knew him well he you know, he got to know him but something happened to my brother, and he flipped out on some of his people that let something happen to my brother because, you know, I could tell he felt like that might get in the way of him getting on with us. You understand what I'm saying? Uh So he wasn't going to let anybody, including myself, stop him from doing what it is he he had set out to do. And I just remember when um, uh, we did the video for Do What You Like, and we were we had like the the raw footage and we were kind of like uh um you know when you're looking at the edit and picking out the parts that you want in it and you know this was our first video you know and I remember um, there was a young lady that I went to high school with she was in town from college from Texas or whatever and I was like yeah come by and um you know I I just did a video I was like yeah come come see my stuff or whatever so she came by crib where we was watching the, you know, it was like uh, the hanging house was uh, our manager's crib and everybody was there watching the video. And I just remember I'm sitting there with her trying to impress her and Tupac was there and every time he got up to talk or say something to crack a joke or do whatever, she was all in his in his face, you know what I mean? Like mesmerized. <laughs> I'm looking at her and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at her and I was like, okay, Something's going on. You know what I mean? But it's like <laughs> time he, was home, he commanded your attention like that, and it was—it was really nothing that anybody was like, "Wait a minute." It was just kind of like you noticed it. You knew he had something. It was just a matter of um, if he was gonna be able to harness it and 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 control what he needed to control to get to where he needed to. The- you know, that's the only way that I can say it. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that Tupac started acting wild after he got money and got famous, or, you know, I always hear he started thinking he was simply juice after the movie. You know, quiet as kept. Tupac actually calmed down as he got older. You know, by the time you guys saw him and, and everybody thought he was crazy, he had calmed down from when, when we first met him and how he used to be. You know, so I actually saw him, him grow, but he was he was he was a wild child, to say the least. You know.
2: It seemed like he had a lot of energy.
0: <laughs> oh man, he had crazy energy. And he had you know he had energy and drive, and mm-hmm. and and a passion for for the music and art, and you know he just had a, a passion for life and and his people and everything in general. Um, another thing. That, you know, because we were closest in age, I'm, I'm like a, a year and a half older than Tupac. And, but when we go on the road, you know, basically we were always roommates and we were, we were probably the closest because we were the closest in age and his mother was in the Black Panther Party, my father was in the Black Panther Party, so we had a lot of com, a lot in common and and really chopped it up about a lot of stuff. So, you know, being his roommate, he was he was he was a slop, basically. You know, he wouldn't <laughs> ever he took off the clothing, he just put it, dropped it wherever it was and that's where it would be. He roll in his butts, he'd empty out the, the stuff on the bed, on the table, whatever. He never cleaned up nothing. And then, you know, <laughs> we thought that, you know, once he once he got some money and got his own apartment and stuff like that, that maybe he started taking care of his stuff. He never did. You know, he was always Just like whatever, you know, i got to move on to go do the next thing. In in hindsight, I'm looking at it and I feel like, you know, for what he wanted to accomplish, he didn't have time to do anything but focus on what he wanted, you know, what he needed to do. And so, you know, sometimes they say, you know, people who are geniuses, like if there's a bad genius, usually, you know, like Einstein couldn't spell or whatever or couldn't read or whatever it is or Beethoven couldn't read. But he could play the piano. That's how pop was. He was he was so focused and and had a drive to do his music and get get that done and get his word out that he didn't really have time to do much. You know, you know he did read a lot. But I'll say that much. But as far as cleaning up behind himself and and being tidy, it didn't work.
2: <laughs> wow, that's not for everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, but it, it
1: pissed me
2: off. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> pick your drawers up. Talk, pick your yeah, drawers up. Yeah, for real, you know. <laughs> you just, well, you, you know, just it, never got it that part of like, it. yeah, that college mentality. You know, a lot of college students do that stuff, you know, once they get out there. They just, you know, and their mom behind them saying, clean up your mess. So they just throw stuff wherever. I could see Yeah, I could exactly. See that, you
0: know.
2: <laughs>
1: He is, no, he and was, it, and it
0: was, he and is it was and was like, a focused that person, yeah. Like
2: anyway. Oh, yeah, he's young. <laughs>
0: that was a great
2: memory. That was a great memory. He was pretty young. I mean, I, I would never expect anybody in that age bracket, especially what, what he was doing for himself and what he was thinking about. I would never expect him to concentrate so much on that. But um, I could see in his eyes that he was focused a lot and a lot of things that he did and how the lyrics in his in his songs were. You could tell that he was just a unique person. Yeah, he was. I mean, he
0: could write a song in five minutes, literally, you know. I believe it. <laughs> I believe
3: it. <laughs> and that's that's really what it was. I've
0: never seen nobody
2: do that before. Wow. Did you guys carry your relationship on throughout, you know, um, the, the day of his death? Um, you know what? To be honest
0: with you, after you know he had moved when he moved to L.A. Uh, we would talk, and then when he got out of after he got out of jail um, for the last time, and he was with Death Row. I only seen him one time. I ran into him in L.A. at the House of Blues. Um, you know, I would talk to him every blue moon, but. To be honest with you, you know, I had heard about what was going on with with the whole death row situation and all of that, and, you know, I had never been a person to have to, you know, when the group moves, you have to move with the group and get up and follow 50 people, and I just never was into that, so I kind of stayed away from it, you know. And then, you know, I would hear from people that, you know, from, from our camp or people that knew him when he was with us, that just used to tell me that it wasn't really a, a good situation to hang out in, Hang out at, you know, and other artists that I would talk to. So I kind of stayed away from from the situation. Like I remember, uh, I spoke to him on the phone. He invited me to, uh, what is it? Uh, um, he was shooting um, American Most Wanted, you know, with Snoop. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, how do you want it? those two videos like the same weekend or whatever and he's like just come on down da 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 and I was just like you know what I'll catch you when you come up here or you know I'll see you because I just heard about just how it was with that whole situation so really after after he got out of jail the last time after he signed with death row, I only seen him one time you know we talked on the phone a few times but it's kind of like you know when you have a a family member, like say, you know, you have a brother or sister, and you and you you grow up, and then you, you know you go to college, and then you move this to this city, and your sister's in that city. You might not see each other, but when you do see each other, it's like you never miss the beat. You know what I mean? And that's kind all of right. how it was. So once when we did run into each other, we hung out, and I remember him telling me at the time that you know, uh, All Eyes on Me had just came out. And I remember telling him that I didn't like that album because it didn't sound like, you know, the stuff that he, he was doing, it sounded a little more, you know, because on all of his previous records, even if he was making records about, you know, gangster this, gangster that, he always had a balance and he would always have a, a um, you know, record like Brenda's Out A Baby or when My Homies Call or, or just he had... Uh, records that weren't so malicious, you know what I mean? It just right. Was a, that record was a different record that I had ever heard him do, like a uh, full album. And then I was mad because he didn't have me on it. <laughs> I was like, why didn't <laughs> me? He was like, man, everybody came down here. I thought you were just going to be down here. But then he also told me when he got out that that record was halfway done anyway because it just took records from people. Like, you know, of course, you know, California Love was Dre's record. It was a record um, that was supposed to be uh, a Wu-Tang record, you know, they just, he he did that record like in, in in a matter of two weeks, a double album, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. how fast it worked. So by the time I had seen him and that album was out, he had told me he had already done seven more
1: albums.
3: <laughs> you know <that's>
0: how? <laughs> he like, he's like, man, I already did like seven, eight more albums, like I'm about to do this and, I'm controlling this soundtrack and when I get done with this then I'm gonna start doing more of this. All you gotta do is just keep coming, you know, holler at me, come down and we'll get it in. And you know, I find later down the line that the, the the soundtrack he was talking about was the gridlock soundtrack which came out a couple of years later and you know, so he was already seven or eight albums ahead of where of what we had heard at that time. You understand what I'm saying? And he was already mapping out what he was going to do, you know, musically, um, business-wise, and even politically. You know, what, you know, uh, things that he was going to get behind and and start to do. So it was just, it was just messed up when it happened because I knew that, you know, he was only 26 years old when he died. You feel me? Right. So
2: he
0: he had a lot more that he, that he that he wanted to do, and that he already had emotions that he had planned to do. So it was just crazy. Well, and, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I was just saying as far as his music, he, had, he did so much music. It's kind of like I know personally like four or five albums that I've heard that hasn't, haven't surfaced yet you know, he moved to LA and before he did the death row thing, you know, he only signed to death row for nine, people think that it was like a long relationship, a long business relationship, so he did all that death row just in a matter of nine months, or, you know, of course, starting to write it he got out, he got in it, you know, while he was with Interscope, but, you know, he did an album with MC Breed, you know, Breed is gone now, rest in peace, but... I, I haven't heard any of those songs that he did, you know, a full album with MCBree that I actually heard with my ears that I haven't heard anybody come out with any of that stuff yet. You know, um, um, you know, Big Stretch, who was down with him, we also got killed, but he was down with Doug, Life. his brother, you know, the, um, what was the, uh, the, um, i trying to think of the name of the group. Killing, but you know, they got, like, two albums worth of material I haven't heard. I know they're sitting on. There's a lot of music, as much music as that has come out and that we hear and that I know we'll hear, the stuff that I know we'll probably never hear, but I've actually heard it, you know. Mm. I even got a couple of cassettes of some stuff we did back in the day.
2: Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I was crazy. Now, you gotta, you have, a, you have a lot. I mean, you're still... So... Spiritually connected to him, I can tell. Um, Is there something that you were able to, you know, witness of Tupac, like about his thoughts or plans that he was trying to to move forward with that nobody else knows about?
0: Um, I'm pretty sure if I know about it, somebody else knows about it. So, like I said, the last time I saw him, he was telling me about, you know, what he wanted to do, and I know he eventually was going to finish out his obligation to death row and move on with his own label and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there may be one other thing, but I don't I don't think I can share that. <laughs> I mean, I mean. I uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you something that's pretty common out that I've that I've shared before. Um, you know, like I said, I used to talk to him on the phone or he'll call me whatever. This is before he went to jail. The last time. But he was living in LA. And, you know, I'm I'm at a am it's about one o'clock in the morning or something like it's real late. So my phone rings and uh I'm like, hello, and he's like, mine, Mun. I'm like, Papa, i like, what's up? He's like, I just did it to Madonna. I was like, what? He's like, I just did it to Madonna. He's like, I, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And he just hung up. Like, the fool called me right when he got done, like, it's, while she was in the bathroom, getting the, putting
2: the, doing whatever. He just, he had to call somebody. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, I actually was reading about that earlier. All the girls that he that he's been associated with, like Sally Richardson and Jada Pinker for a minute. And uh, uh, the I don't think um, he ever did nothing with
0: Jada. They
2: was like brother, there I yeah. I think they were just the friends. And um, she was on a different plane anyway. She was a, yeah. her. She another. She is another genius. Was my yeah, eye. exactly. So yeah, because <laughs> so I mean he's also, always trying
0: to get me.
2: Yeah, up. So. <laughs> say what? All geniuses can't hook up. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. For real. Well, I want to thank you so much for sharing your experiences and and stories with us about Tupac. And uh, I hope that I can get you back on the show very soon so we can um, actually go into what's going on with you. I did have a question from the chat room. They want to know what's up with the other guys from Digital Underground. Like, what are you guys doing? Are you doing something together? Give us some more stuff.
0: Well, actually, um, it's funny that you mention it because we just announced that we're probably going to do a, um, uh, not so much a reunion tour because, you know, I've been off doing, you know, my soul home has been doing his day. But actually, the original members, this is just in the last week, just announced that we're going to put together, um, a reunion tour that's probably gonna start um probably in the next two months and probably throughout to the end of the year um uh-huh. and after that we'll see where it goes but you know we haven't we haven't um performed together in like two years as a group as a full group and toured. so it's been over two years since we have and we're just now gonna get back together and do some things so Pretty excited about that. As far as me, like I said, um, when I was telling you guys, I do have some some of the old Tupac stuff that never been released. I do play it because I have my own radio show. It's an old school hip hop show called The Going Way Back Show with Money B. It's um it's on about a hundred different um, internet stations throughout the week, but I also have a podcast. And basically, it's hip hop from my era and, you know, music that was released 1999 and earlier, hip-hop, and I usually have classic artists and guests on my show, and what's unique about my show and my interviews is that most of these artists are my peers, people that I've toured with, hung out with, you know, came up in the game with, so our interviews are more like just candid conversations of shooting, shooting stuff about stuff that we did back in the day and bring you up to date on what they're doing right now. Um, if you want to check out the Going Way Back Show of Money B, you can go to the podcast at wwwmoneyb com. Once again, wwwmoneyb com. Check your boy. Well, you know what? I'm already there because I've
2: been coming i I'm this this for a minute. minute. <laughs> I got like a whole lot of that stuff already. I'm also on Podomatic, But um when I saw that you had your stuff on there, I just sit there and just jam. <laughs> I just sit there and jam. I'm just playing back to back. All your podcasts. So, you know, I'm glad that you're you keeping up with it and giving us a lot of good stuff to listen to. Y'all folks yeah. out there, y'all need to hit up for our Podomatic, because MC Light is on there too. And uh, I'm, I'm sure a whole bunch of other folks. Y'all yeah, definitely.
0: And if you and if you wanna be um put on the, the mailing list where you where you, you can be sent, um each time I do a new show or if you wanna know what's going on with Digital Underground, whether we're performing somewhere, or just keep up with us, hit me up, money at money dot net. I'll add you to the mailing list and you'll get all of that for sure. I mean, I'm doing so much, like you said, I'm back on another episode and talk about everything. But you can always just hit me up, money at money dot net if you wanna know and I'll put you
2: on. Well, wow, thank All you right. for that. I will certainly be doing that. So <laughs> we have um, some more people that are going to be calling. We have somebody on the line now. But before I do that, I'm going to play uh, a couple more songs of Tupac since we are down 46 minutes. And I did want to get a lot of his stuff in there. But thanks again for calling in, Money B. I really appreciate that.
0: No problem. Thank you,
2: Josh. Where are you guys located at anyway? I'm in, uh, I'm in South Jersey. Like right outside of Philly. Really? I'm mean, I mean, what part, uh, yeah. part of we're part of South? I'm in uh Siclaville.
0: Really? I got a lot of family out in Maryland. I got that way. Oh, that's not far. I was actually. Me. Yeah, I was actually just in Philly. I, I can hear the accent. That's why I asked.
1: <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm originally
0: from Philadelphia, and that's where my family is. I just was um had a family family reunion out there. Like
2: weeks ago
0: oh well, you got
2: to hit me up next time you in the neighborhood
0: most definitely well
2: thank you guys for having me put together so i just appreciate you just taking the time out your busy schedule to come and join us and you have a good night we're going to go continue playing some more tupac you can stick around online if you want i just had to meet you out a little bit if you want to hear some more because we have Donald tavier on the line to talk to, he also worked with um, Tupac, he's from the band um, Lakeside, so I'm going to bring him in, but right after um, a couple more Tupac songs, so have a good night, Money V. right.
4: well,
0: you guys have um, a good rest of the show, and you
2: know, either reach out to Lynn K
0: or, you know, hit me up whenever you need me again,
2: good. I I will definitely do that.
0: All you guys, good
2: Alright, let me hit up oh this is my favorite song right here, Dear Mama. I'm gonna play that. Um, and then uh I'm gonna bring Mr. Tavia in. It. When I was younger, and my mama had me 17
6: years. So back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place Stranded from school, scared to go home, I was the fool With the big boys breaking all the rules shed tears with my baby sister Over the years, we was four and a little kids And even though we had different today, The same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama I reminisce on the stress I caused It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell in elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day, running from the police, that's right, mama kept me put a wolf into my backside, and even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was a black queen, mama, I finally understand, a woman, it ain't easy, trying to raise a man, you always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare, tell me how you did, there's no way I can pay you back. What the plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it. Baby,
1: yeah, you know we love,
6: it, Dear mama, love it, you Dear mama you all appreciate it baby, yeah, you know we love you Ain't nobody tell us it was fair. No love for my daddy cause the coward wasn't there He passed away and I didn't cry because my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger They say I'm wrong in the market But all along I was looking for a father, he was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved off and started really hanging I needed money of my own, so I started slanging I ain't guilty because even though I sell It feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent with the rent Got the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was low, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late yeah. In the kitchen trying to fix such a hot plate you just working with the scraps you was giving And mama made miracles, everything's giving But now the road got dropped, you're alone Trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back but my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it And dear mama please You all appreciate it Oh I'm a and I this. Cause through the drama I can always depend on my mama And when it seems that I'm hopeless Say the words that can get me back in focus When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me There are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret, always stayed real And I appreciate how you raised me and all the extra love that you gave me, I wish I could take the pain away. If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day. Everything'll be alright if you hold on. It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on. And there's no way I can pay you back, but my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate me. Yeah, mama. I
2: think that's my favorite song that he yes, has. That's the greatest, the classic. And they play every Mother's Day. <laughs> and I I play it all the time, but they play every Mother's Day. And, and I I love that song. I love the way he loves his mama. Now, I believe we do have Mr. Harvey 8 on the line. Donna, are you there?
7: Yes, I am. Hi, hey, how are you? I'm yes, I'm
2: here. How's everybody? How you doing?
7: Everybody's fine. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, I'm another day. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> you
2: know. Now,
7: damn,
2: damn. now, we want to welcome you to the show. If anybody is not that familiar, and you should be, this is Donald Tavi from the band Lakeside. And uh, Donald, before you tell us about uh, Tupac, tell us what you're doing with the band right now.
7: Uh, we're still touring uh, pretty heavy this summer. We just came off of a good tour with Morris Day and the Time, Cameo, Barcades, Climax enslave and, slave and uh, you know, just trying to keep old school alive and, uh, you know, it's, it's just stay on top of our game, which is live performance. And, you know, so uh, I've been doing that, and uh, I have some singles out myself that I'm doing. I have one that's coming out called Cha 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 that um, I think is going to make a lot of noise. I, I started to go the steppers route, but I decided to, since R. Kelly went that route, to do something that, there's more people that cha cha than step, so I said, well, let me let me rock it the the, the the opposite side of where he went with it and see how many people I can reach. And everywhere we've been playing it, it's been going through the roof. So that's my focus right now. You know, is to 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 stay true to the art.
2: And I'm so happy that you're doing that because I love live performances. Yeah,
7: nothing
2: better than
1: that. <laughs> nothing <of> at all. <laughs> I that. Uh, I
3: was just listening to uh, Real Love. Like. Two days ago, I would to say, I was listening to Real Love Jamming, and oh, you put boy. that out in 83, and I was born in 92. I'm just jamming to it, like I just like like I was born to it. I love that
7: song, man. I feel you. That's cool, man. You need to keep that going. Keep that going. You know, the cool thing is you can't get away from real school. I don't call it old school. Everybody putting a label calling it old school. No, nah, it's real right. school. That ain't old school. You know anything that's true to the art should be called real school, not old school. Matter of fact, I'm gonna have some hats and t-shirts made. <laughs> <I> mean, that's <laughs> called real school.
2: <laughs> wow. I
7: hear
1: that. That's,
2: mm-hmm. that's the truth right there. That is the truth. Now, tell us about you know how you knew Tupac and um, share some experience or memories with us about Tupac.
7: Wow. Well, um, wow. Pac and I go back to like '91. Uh, you know when he was going through his digital underground transition and uh... he came to uh... came to l.a came to my studio uh... by way of another uh... legend son by the name of norman um, um, norman whitfield jr and uh... norman was uh... he brought tupac in and you know, he said, "Hey man, I need you to to, to sit down with Pac and, and work some stuff out. We want to do this album called Thug Life." And um, I said, "Cool." You know, it was an honor. I didn't, you know, I knew about Pac uh, slightly because of, you know, he had just did the stuff with Digital Underground, and I know Pac was looking for tracks. Pac was looking for a certain feel for his music, and uh, we decided to just spend a lot of personal time together because. I had the studio uh studio was called blue Palm, and um uh run d m c had been cutting in there digital underground had been cutting in there everybody has, had had been started to come through the because we had this sudden sound so uh Park and I started working at weird hours i mean you know he called me and say T man, you know i I want to go in like eleven twelve o'clock at night, and we wouldn't come out of it till seven in the morning. it was just me and him and um I I learned a lot about him, the genius that that lived inside of him, because there was two. It was really to me, it was two people in, in the in the spirit of Tupac. One was the creative side of Tupac, and then one was the political side of Tupac. And um, you know, he shared a lot of things with me that a lot of people didn't get a chance to to really see unless you really knew him. And that was the concept that, you know, uh, the bad boy image of Tupac uh, was really the commercial side of pop, to draw attention to what he really wanted to tell you about. So the concept was, you know, I'm going to grab the butt with the beat, but I'm going to spank the mind with the words. And um, (laughs) we
1: started,
7: you know, we started working on the Thug Life Project, and, you know, we we did Pour Out a Little Liquor and the, the Dear Mama Song. And then uh, at the end of the project, uh, Pac and Mo Primm, which is Park's brother, you know, they said, you know, we need to do something to the flip side of the Dear Mama Song. And, uh, you know, we want to talk about our dad. And uh, it's, it's amazing what happened. After we did that track, during that track, I started mixing the track, and I started to play with his voice. Because he had in in part of the rap if, if 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 it's ever heard in part of the rap he played his dad, in other words, the first two verses were the first verse was pot, second verse was Moplame, and then the third verse was the daddy replying to what they were uh uh talking about you know in their discussion about their dad and how their dad wasn't there for them and you know how they had to how they how they had to lean on their mother's strength and um I uh, detuned, and what I mean by detuning, I took a vocal processor and I pitched his voice down to where it didn't sound like pot, it sounded like uh, someone with authority, like a dad. and make the voice real heavy. And he flipped out. He said, T, what did you just do, what did you just do? And I said, I pitched, transposed your vocal. So it kept him in the same time, but it made it deep, made a deep sound with his voice. And from that point on, he started doing it in a lot of his hit records. And, uh, you know, it, it feels good to know that I created that tone, that tone for him because he started using it on a lot of the records. And um, as time went on, after we did the Thug Life album, he made his move over the death row, and then, uh, you know, it went, it went another direction. And But, yeah, I did get a chance to really learn the... the wow the vibrant uh, wonderful spirit he was soft spoken in a lot of sense you know it it, it all turned once he went over to the death row thing and I think it it had to do a lot with uh, just you know uh, the media hounding him he had just after we did the Thug Life album he went to New York and and Stretch got killed because Stretch was a part of the Thug Life uh, project that I was doing and um you know, I just saw everything started to take another turn, you know, and it became a media a media uh, a ploy for everybody. Everybody started jumping on, making it an East Coast, West Coast rivalry, and, you know, that's how they would. And they were using that as a tool to even sell the records. And it just took him in enough, another direction, you know. Um, he was starting to do all the acting, and that was coming into fruition for him. And, you know, he was really a very, very spiritual man. And, um, he, you know, there'll never be another one. There'll never be another pot. And it wasn't so much what he was talking about. It was the spirit in his tone, you know, in his vocals, in his voice. Some people have an anointing just when they speak. And when it came to rap, you know, he had an
0: anointment.
2: I do believe that. I seriously believe that. <clears throat> Wow. Now I understand that um, you had some um, material um, that you created with him that was actually never released.
7: Yeah, they uh, it got played a couple of times, but they never jumped on it. And since he's been dead, there's it hasn't been pushed and you know and put out there as another single. Um, you know, I I, uh, I hope that you play a little bit of it and people can get a vibe for what I was just speaking about.
2: Well, what I'm going to do is play this snippet here because. Um, Uh, at another time, we're gonna, we're gonna have you back on the show and we're gonna, you know, put out some more music that you created with him and the other artists. But this is, uh, what you sent me, um, for I'm Sorry. And we're gonna play that now.
7: Okay.
6: we sorry night fixing me you, but even things I do to piece of family unity. My mom's always working, i to about quota, fear. It's the one that is...
2: Yeah, that's a little snippet of that song. Now, Man, I, need I, a, I need to hear
1: the full version. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. That was, I, I like that. That was really yeah, good. I look I, I, I a lot of work that um, Tupac did and participating in that that hasn't been out that everybody's love. So as long as they don't put it all out at the same time this can continue to help his legacy stay intact because we know that he did so much work that he didn't even put out there. And and every year you can come out with one or two albums.
7: Yeah, he is a workaholic.
2: He was
7: definitely a workaholic
1: because
7: he worked me like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, and he liked working late at night you know, when there's nobody around, just me and him, and he sit down and, you know, he play the groove and then he'd write it, going in, drop it, and when he went in and dropped the drop the vocals, it was almost like a one take. You know, I mean he would and he would have various versions of it. He may he may write it one went one way, but by the time he got behind the mic and we ran the track down and he would drop his vocals, he may drop maybe three or four tracks of vocals and each one would tell a different uh, uh, a different way of the same story. It was amazing. Wow.
2: Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. That's part. Well, Troy, Troy, what questions
3: do you have for Donald? Um. Again, I, I think I have the same question for Donald. The vibe of just being in the same room as Tupac. What like? What
7: energies did you feel just being around him? Well, I think from being around so many um, prolific writers and artists in my career, um, I have to kind of reflect back. I was part of N.W.A. when they started. I did um, We Want Easy for Dr. Dre and uh, a couple of other tracks, and then I worked on the Michelle A. album. So I got a chance to, uh, you know, uh, before I even got with Pac I was already aware of, you know, where rap was going, being that I was coming from the R and B uh, world. Um, what I noticed about uh Pac is the is his spirit because he was nothing really like the image that was being portrayed about him. He was he was like a sponge. And he was feeding off of everybody. I mean, you know, he he never, I never know, I never noticed him to turn or have a ego or attitude about people who would come in the studio and be around him. He would just feed off of everybody that was in the room. He was just like sucking spirit from everybody, and then in turn, he would turn that into what he how he perceived things and how he wanted to talk about things, even from the standpoint of. Um, him being in Oakland and because he he did discuss with me some things that he was going through that when he lived in Oakland and coming up, you know, in the Black family, I mean the Black Panther family, and uh, just politically he wanted to establish a career that would allow him to try to uh, make things better from the political standpoint, but he needed he needed a platform to do it from, and rap was his platform. But, you know, he, he still at the same time, he had to be politically correct about how he approached a lot of things about what he said because, you know, at that era in the early 90s, you know, uh, a lot of people in the political world was, you know, trying to get rid of rap because they knew that it was a, a way of being able to speak about the political plight that we were going through as a people. Uh, we, we were creating a platform where, you know, there was no rules, you know, and you couldn't stop it because it was a cult. It was a, a culture of things that was in that movement of being able to speak, you know, you know have, have freedom of speech. And and he capitalized on it. And that's what made everybody focus on Pac, is because he was really one of the first ones to really step out of the norm and be able to come with it. So, you know, politically, uh, you know, America had to deal with that. And, um, you know, they tried to turn it a certain way, but, you know, when there, like I said, when there's an anointing, it, I don't care where you're when you speak, people listen. You know, there's a saying that says, The lips of wisdom are still except to the ears of the understanding. And when you are of a kindred spirit like Pac was, everybody that gets it, got it. And they tuned in. They still tune in. I don't care what he's talking about. If he's, you know, clowning something or he's serious about something, you can't help but listen. And it's the spirit of pop that will always be here.
2: Well, I'm glad that we still have that. Yeah. You know, everybody keeps the love alive, you know.
7: Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Doubt. I wish more people used that platform to really talk about something that had significance to it. Because, you know, I'm not downing anybody per se, but you know, when you have when you have people's attention like that, it's our responsibility as artists to talk about something that's going to up- uplift us spiritually, physically, monetarily, and all in every way that we can. You know, we got to use it for, for for positive sense. You know, like I said, it's all about once you get somebody's attention with the beat, spank the mind. <laughs> spank the mind, huh? <laughs>
2: spank the mind. You know,
7: be clever about it. Be clever about it. You know, but we got to do that. We got to use. We got to use this juice we have in a in a positive sense.
2: Now, as an artist, and and being able to see, you know, directly what's going on in the industry. Um, what are your thoughts on you know the status of the you know the way the situations pursued with um the different coasts of rappers you know and the violence and the beefs that went on? Do you still see that as an artist going on I think
7: it's i think it's it's coming to a head because I think everybody understands because it's, it's not about. So much talking about what's going on in your neighborhood. It's talking about what you're gonna do about it, more so because you know everybody's got the same plight. You know of, of, of survival skills. How are we gonna get? You know how are we gonna? The man still got his foot on our neck. Well, you know that 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 uh, song and dance has gotten old now. So you know we have so many ways to become more independent than depending on the government or depending on somebody else to make a way for us, you know, especially artists. I mean, we have now, we have the internet. We no longer need record companies to make a living. Now you can become an independent artist and you have to look at it in the sense of if I try to get a, if an artist tries to get a record deal at a record label, you're already in debt from coming out the hole. So now you got to say, oh, I'm going to get out the hole and be successful. In the same sense, you have to look at the Internet as now if I can get my product recorded like Pod did, I have a vehicle that allows me not to be in debt, and it gives me access to everybody in the world that has a computer to buy my product versus... If I get my stuff on the radio, I only have access to the people that listen to that station. And it's just like your station now. You're on the Internet. You have national syndication on your, on your, internet, on your internet station. And everybody in the world that has a computer can tune in to what you're doing. And uh, we, as artists, can sell products. So there's really no excuse for us to be successful in the music industry anymore you know so it's nice but now it's all about you know you being um unique and independent about your product and and be you don't don't mock what you think is successful because what what we listen to on the radio is stuff that we're conditioned to like when people listen to you on the on the internet they're not conditioned to like you they like you because you're you're unique and that's what's missing in the music today is on the commercial side A lot of artists aren't unique. When we were coming up in the 70s, Lakeside, Cameo, Ohio Players, Confunction, we all had our own sound. And people liked us because we sound like Lakeside or Confunction sound like Confunction or Ohio Players sound like Ohio Players. And that is what gives you a career is being unique and putting out music and letting people like you for you, not because you sound like blah, blah, blah. You know, and then the the, the independence of the internet allows us to get back of being unique artists, but at the same time we can make a comfortable comfortable living because we have access to everybody in the world that has a computer versus everybody that listens to a radio station, which may be 50,000 in your city, but it's 50 million people who got computers, 50 billion people if you really want to count it.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: So that's yes, just, sure. you know, that's that's the route to go now. You know, it is about getting back to being independent, and uh, and you know, and, and and doing you. You know, don't do it because it sounds like somebody else. That that that's a short-lived career. So I'm hoping that all the artists that are coming out today learn how to be true artists and go back to being unique and being themselves and let people like you for you.
2: And I hope the same, I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that happy about a lot of stuff out there, but I think people get away from it, and the industry makes it too much more of a business thing. But, you know, I believe if Tupac was here now, he would be showing uh, people how to do things on their own, because I know he would have grasped that already. Right. And, uh things wouldn't be like it is now where everybody's like a slave to a lot of the major labels. I think he would have been like a revolutionary when it comes to that in his in his own period of time. And it just, sometimes we're just not ready for that. Maybe that's, you know, a reason why we don't have him now is, you know, because some people are going to be so profound that people just can't handle it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and, and then some then they're gone from us. But sometimes because they're taken from us, it's a lesson for us to learn from what they were trying to do, right. basically.
7: Right. Well, you know, the old lesson, <laughs> it's like when you see somebody's hand get burnt in the skillet, you don't have to go stick your hand in the skillet to believe that it's <laughs> hot. <Uh-oh. laughs> yeah, so many people make the same mistake. You know, they're wondering why this group is broke or that group is broke. It's because they're not taking time to learn the business side of it and not knowing that, now you can be your own record company at home. You, mm-hmm. can be, you can be your own artist at home. You can do everything independently. And when you do that, you may you may not be you may not be making that 2 million units so uh nut at the end of the year or at the end of the fiscal year or whatever it takes to make that record company happy. But you're not knowing that you can survive off of 50,000 units sold, 100,000 units sold. If you're getting 95% of the profit, hello. Because mm-hmm. you're only getting 2% of the profit when you sign with a major label because they're the ones that's putting all the money up. All
1: right.
7: So you at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> Literally. Literally, you're at the bottom of the pole, so you're the last one that's going to get paid when it comes down for those residuals to trickle down because, Whoever puts the money up first are the ones that's gonna get paid first. Yeah, you get all the fame and the glory and you know the the, the dap from everybody in your neighborhood, but when it comes to get those checks, when what what it's really about, you're the last one to get paid. Hmm. So you really have well, to start turning this around and become more of an independent uh, company yourself and and start doing it yourself. You know, and well, all your product.
2: That is the the next step for most people who are seriously inter, interested in the business to take. And um, I just want to tell everybody out there that um, tomorrow night Donald's going to be back with us on MD and Indy Radio at uh, 8 o'clock um, to discuss a few things in relation to the industry and some health matters. We're going to go into that um, tomorrow at 8 o'clock if you want to come back to the show at 8 o'clock Eastern same uh bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> and Don, I wanna thank you for um, you know, joining us and, and sharing your experiences and memories um about Tupac. As yeah. well as that song. So if you want you can give us that the full version of that song tomorrow when we have more time to play it. And anything else that you might want to give us that um that nobody's heard yet. Um so feel free to do that when we when okay. we come in tomorrow. I All wanna okay. go ahead and play a, another song. Um, for two and then say good night, Donald. Thank you so much again for joining us.
7: Thank you, and um, everybody say a prayer for uh, for Park and his material. Of
2: course, absolutely,
7: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Broken heart, so many questions. When this began, we was the perfect match. Perhaps we had the problems, but we were looking at it. And now the arguments are getting loud. I want to say, but I can't help from walking out so little ways. to take my hand and understand. If you could see, I know
6: Go!
2: Another one of my
3: favorites.
2: Oh, I like too. that Yeah, I I love that he you know, he can take someone else's like music, you know, the, the sample or whatever and and yeah. like just put something unique to it that just it, it it just to me sometimes it overshadows the original one because mm-hmm. he just put so much like, more life in it, you know?
1: Right. I
3: think uh, one of the one of the samples that he used that I just recently found out was a sample, uh uh, Stevie Wonder song that that girl think that she's so
7: fine, Out of nowhere
3: this this guy gets this harmonica sample and I hear what Tupac used in so many tears and like I was half asleep when I heard it but as soon as I heard it I woke up I was like, Whoa, Pac sample that it's just he, he takes he takes from the late and the great and uh he basically remixes and remixes it into his own and he turns it into something even better. So you know, which a lot of people try to do nowadays, but end up failing. <laughs> you know, they're not pumped, uh-huh. but he's—he's he's pretty good when he does that. Whoever produces, they're pretty good when they when they do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to um, to ask you another question um, because I know that you're doing so much right now. You're so busy. Your career is just taking off now. Out of the things that you're doing. What do you think would make Tupac the proudest about you if, if he had known you personally for what you're doing now? I think what
3: would have made Tupac proud is basically me waking up and, you know, giving him my all. You know, that's, that's one, which are, is which are definitely making him proud. Uh, what else would make him proud is basically staying true to myself, you know, not letting anything or anyone break me. Um, and, you know, helping who needs to be helped, helping what needs to be helped. The same thing that he did, basically taking it and doing it now for, you know, the the generation now, for for the people here now, I think will make him extremely proud. And I do it as if he's here, (laughs) as if he's still here. So, you know, I I still am highly motivated by Tupac. So with this you know I look back and I was like, "Okay, what would Tupac do in this situation?" And I use it, and um it he definitely motivates me still, so that's i would, that's what I would do
2: Wow, now, the song that you that you um created letter to Tupac that we played earlier, um, what were you thinking about when you created that?
3: I was thinking to be honest with you, I was thinking how long it's been since he's been gone. That's what I was thinking. I was like, really, it has been over a decade, really. It's been 14 years since he's been gone, but really, my manager, my manager, Kevin he came up to me he was like, Troy, you know, point down on September 13th, right? I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, you should do your letter to pop. I was like, that is not a bad idea. I'm going to start that right. He's like, and then we should release it on September 13th. I was like, you know what, Kev? let's do it. So I started writing immediately. Uh, I just just went straight into it. Every time I would say something that, that represented Park in, in such a good way, Kevin would be in the uh Kevin would be in the kitchen and he'd just start laughing. He'd be like, Man, that's good. He'd be like, You keep going that's good, that's good. But really that's what when I I just thought of two parts legacy when I wrote that song. The beautiful beautiful side of his legacy, even the bad side, and I turned it into positive things of how he would do it. It was just, man, I just thought Tupac in general, everything that he did, everything that he stood for, it came to my mind when I wrote that song.
2: Wow. And you did a great job on that song, too. You know, everybody want to hear, hear it again. And, you know, and we did put the link in there in the chat room so everybody can go check it out on YouTube. And um, tell, tell us briefly about the movie that you're doing.
3: Um, actually, did two movies. Uh, the first movie was entitled Laying My Past to Rest. It is, uh written and directed by DeValier, um, excellent writer. Uh, it's based off his novel, which he wrote, which is uh, titled Laying My Past to Rest also. Um, I am the main character of three. There are three main characters in the movie. I play one of them. My name in the other movie is Devontae Williams. I am basically a trouble-minded kid. Um, this is my senior year. From high school, and it's either if I don't graduate high school, I'm going to jail. Pretty much, you know, I'm I'm on probation. So if I don't graduate high school, I'm going to jail. And basically, throughout the whole movie, it just shows my my process as you know, it it just shows my process of turning negativity into positivity. And it's it shows that you know most trouble most trouble males out there that you know people like me and people like Tom that there is a way for you to do right. And it basically, throughout the whole movie, it basically shows the growth of him as not just a boy but as a man. And I think it, I, I've seen the movie twice. Uh, it, it should be coming out on DVD really, really soon. Um, I love the movie. It's, it's excellent. I look at myself on the screen like I cannot believe I'm I'm actually acting up here. It's it's really good. Um, and the second movie is uh, entitled My Brother's Keeper. Um, you know, it's like My Sister's Keeper, of course, except it's the, kind of the male version. I play the brother, um, my name is Justin, in the movie, and that movie has a lot of twists and turns to it. Basically, it's showing, it's showing how, how you struggle, you know, how it's, it's about uh, me, the brother, and me and, my, uh, me and my sister, we stay together, and basically me trying to do right when I'm with my sister, but when my sister closes her eyes and when she turns her back, I'm out here doing, you know, the things that I know that I shouldn't be doing. That movie has a lot of twists to it. With that, you guys are going to have to wait till that one comes out. Um, it's a really good movie, though. Uh, filming it was a lot, a lot of fun, I must admit.
2: Well, it looks like you're on a really great and tremendous path in your career, and it's not all into just one direction. So I'm very happy for you that you're so blessed right now, and, and I hope that everybody else sees that, you know, don't stick with just one part of that whole entertainment industry. So many different options available for everybody. Tupac was um, certainly getting into that himself and doing very well at it. And, you know, of course it's sad that we don't have him anymore, but, you know, to keep those memories and keep what he was trying to do going on, we should just respect, you know, what his goals were and and get past all the controversy and um, know that he was still a human being capable of making mistakes and also being confused and, and misled or you know, not understanding what the next thing could happen for him with, you know, any kind of decisions he was making. That can happen to anybody. So, you know, we can't put it on him like he was such a bad person. I've heard people with a lot of rumors that never really got into him. Um, But I'm here to tell them that, you know, it could happen to anybody. And, you know, it's based on what you do with your life. And he was trying to do something really great, and he was getting there. So, but I'm, I'm grateful that I have known him during my lifetime. I want to thank you so much, Troy, for being my very special guest co-host. You are welcome back anytime. Thank and I you, Bad. De- <laughs> I wish you all the best for your career. I want to play um, one last song that is one of my favorites from Tupac. And I also want to say thank you to the chat room for hanging in there. And um, please be sure to check us out tomorrow when we have Donald Xavier. Uh, next week we have um Big Jig from the West Coast on the show as well. So I hope everyone has a wonderful night and enjoys the song. This is in the air tonight. It's um a song that I love from my Miami Vice era and Phil Collins and Tupac did his old version, so I love that song and it's just it's like being in the car. So everybody enjoy it. Have a great night. Thank you so much, Troy. I will talk to you um later. All right. And everybody enjoy everything.
6: I work Just looking, at over Just looking back at